Hello and welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club, the place investors go to gain actionable advice, learn about current market trends, and hear war stories from other professional investors out there in the field today. Before we get started, I have two quick housekeeping items to cover. First, if you like the episode, we would very much appreciate a like, subscribe, and share. It is the best way to support the show and keep it running. Second, if you are a new investor looking to get started in real estate or an experienced investor looking to take your investing to the next level, we created an ebook for you that will cover how to find deals that are actually deals, how to finance those deals with little to no money down, and how to exit those deals for maximum value. On top of that, I throw in an insane amount of free bonuses that you'll have access to once you buy the ebook. All we charge is our admin cost to keep the show running. So, if you're serious about real estate investing and want to create both active and passive income as an investor, head on over to the website at therealestateinvestingclub.com and click on the button that says get the ebook to grab yourself a copy today. So with that said, let's dive right in. Today we have a very special guest with us ready to drop some investor knowledge on you. So buckle up, grab your pen and paper and enjoy the ride. We are live with another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club. Today we have with us Kenneth D. Kastner. Kenneth is a U.S. tax professional specializing in helping foreign investors with their U.S. taxes. He is currently residing in Israel, so he is uh, he's across the globe from where I am here in Seattle. Kenneth, thank you for hopping on the show today. How are you? My pleasure. I'm doing great. Thanks. How are you, Gabe? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. We always start out with stories here on the show, so if you could... Take us back to the beginning. How did you get started as a tax professional here in the real estate sphere? All right. Well, yeah, like you mentioned, I'm a tax accountant specializing in real estate for foreign investors. It's a specific niche. Uh, the way I got here is a little interesting. Back in 2012, I was working for Ernst & Young in the International Tax Department. I was providing tax consulting to companies, sending employees on relocation assignments around the globe. Um, and uh, at the time, there were two senior managers in the tax department who also happened to live in my neighborhood, and they decided to uh, start their own tax firm, um, U.S. tax firm, in the basement of one of the partners' houses. And um, <laughs> after a few months, the, yeah. The start in basements. That's a, it's a recipe for success there. It definitely is. Definitely is. And, um, and like you said, it really was a success. After a few months, their, their real estate tax department started to grow. And they asked me to join them. So the rest is history. I, I managed that tax department as it continued to grow until it was bought out eventually five or six years later by a larger firm called UHY. Um, and I headed also the, the successful transition and the merge of the teams between the two firms. That took about six months. And uh, once they were settled, I left to start my own firm, uh, this time an online firm, um, also in my basement because it's online. <laughs> and uh, to to accommodate the ever changing world, especially now in the wake of COVID nineteen. Yeah, absolutely. COVID nineteen, the basement basement business is the the de facto standard for for these days. Um, so that's awesome. You got you got started. Uh, sounds like you were at Ey. You were working as a tax professional. Um, you you followed some of your mentors or somebody in your business who started the business, helped them grow it, decided to do it yourself, and now you're you're doing the same thing except for online only. Um, and what when you started was it uh, specializing in international ta- uh, helping foreign investors invest in the United States or was it only um, were you in the United States at the time? Yeah, no, I was I was not in the U.S. at the time. I was in Israel, but I was helping uh, mostly Israelis 
um, who uh, who have investments in the U.S. I was helping them with their with their tax uh, with all their tax needs. Um, so this, and, this next... uh, and that's what I'm doing now also. Uh, so, you know, the same thing I've been doing for the last, you know, whatever, seven, eight years. I just now I'm just doing it under a different name. So, so you, you are the consummate professional. I love it. I like people who are who are niched down to the point where they, they know something backwards and forwards. And it sounds like that's where you're at right now with uh, international investing. Exactly. So um, first question I'm going to ask. <clears throat> sorry, my uh, my throat is having problems today. First question I'm going to ask is um, pretty, pretty self-explanatory, but I'm going to ask it anyways. Um, you help people invest in the U.S. Why, <clears throat> generally, why do people, um, why do you find people are interested in the U.S. specifically? Oh, that's a great question. I'll just make sure that you understand that I'm not on the investment side. So, you know, people that, that invest, they do it for whatever reasons they have. Obviously, they feel that it's a, that it's a good investment over there. Um, not just Israelis, people from all over the world are, uh, have been investing in the U.S. I think it started. Uh, it started, you know, really to 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 peak, uh, you know, after the uh, the uh, 2008, uh, you know, meltdown in the U.S. And uh, you know, after that, uh, people people felt there was a big opportunity to uh, to invest and to uh, um, and to you know to hold on to it as the as the the value started to rise again. Um, and uh, then it just became just more popular and and, and popular. It seems to be, you know a better, a better return on their investment than they can get, you know, anywhere in the banks or any interest. So, um, it just, it just, uh, it just came out that way. And, uh, and, uh, you know, I, I jumped on the, I jumped on that train to, you know, to help them out. If they're doing it anyway, why not, uh, you know, make it, uh, make it, uh, make it my business to, uh, to, uh, to make sure they get there safely in terms of the tax. Yep. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, especially I'm, I'm just thinking like, here in Seattle, since uh, 2008, um, our our prices have just I don't know, it had to, it has to have doubled. Uh, it, I don't know the actual numbers, but it has to have doubled. So uh, it would make sense for an international somebody li- living outside of the U.S. to want to park their money here in the U.S. Um, but yeah. we're not here to talk. We're here to talk specifically about tax advantages. So um, tell us taxing the tax side of real estate investing is something that I am not an expert on at all. In fact, I uh, I know very little. I know less than I should know about um, the you know the intricacies of tax when it comes to real estate. So, from somebody who's outside of the United States looking to invest in the United States, what are the things that they need to consider, and what are the the kind of hoops they need to jump through in order to do it successfully from a tax perspective? Okay, well there there um, there are a few different aspects here. There's the more the you know the technical side. In order to invest in the first place, um, you know they need to decide if they want to invest directly or if they want to open up uh, some sort of an entity, LLC, or a corporation or a foreign corporation, or decide how they're going to invest in the U.S. Um, so I can help them obviously, you know, with that, with forming an entity, forming an LLC, deciding if they want to own that LLC directly or with a partner, with family members um with uh with friends or or whatever it is um they'll also need uh you know a tax identification number not only for the llc which is called an ein but also an individual tax identification number which is called an itin um because they don't have social security numbers they're not u.s people so they need to get an itin which is a tax number um that replaces the social security number on the tax return um and um, yeah, like I said, there's there definitely there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of tax planning. Um, there's um, there there's the issue of uh, estate tax. Okay, 
you know, for a U.S. citizen, estate tax, there's a, there's a very, um, there's a very high threshold for, uh, um, for an exemption amount. Uh, you know, if somebody, if somebody passes away and they have assets, you know, worth, I think it's up to, uh, uh, something like $20 million, um, of, of assets, they won't have any estate tax, but for a foreign investor, that's not a U.S. person, um, the, uh, the withhold, the, um, the exemption amount is only $60,000. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> that's like so, so the yeah, so, so I tell, I tell, I tell my clients, they have to make sure you want, if, if you're investing in the U S you're not allowed to die. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's, that's that it. Sense. Either that, or, you know, obviously there, there are some ways, uh, to, to, uh, to minimize, to mitigate the risks. Um, so those things, those are things that we, we make sure to discuss. Um, so going back to, so, you know, uh, some, some of those things could be costly also. So the, the, uh, the, um, the, the investment companies sometimes, um, don't like when I talk about the, the, uh, the estate tax planning issues, because, you know, sometimes it deters them from the investment itself. Um, <laughs> but, but it really shouldn't because there, there, there are plenty of, you know, there are plenty of advantages as long as you're aware of it going in, um, and you understand the risks and, uh, you choose, uh, choose a method to, uh, to mit- mitigate that risk then. Yeah, no, if if a tax is the thing that kills your deal, then you probably don't have a deal in the first place. So uh, that makes exactly, sense. Um, exactly. So going back to to your, you talked about you know which people des- deciding which type of entity they want to create, um, you know LLC, S core, whatever that you know what, whatever it may be. Um, what do you guys recommend generally? So I you know I always tell my students and myself I always put uh, properties in LLCs. Um, but I know there's different, there's different, you know, methodologies out there, different schools of thought. So what, how do you um, mentor people into creating the entity and which one do they, do you suggest they, they create? Okay. So that's, that's really an, an individual question because it really has, um, has a lot of different aspects, not just tax, tax aspects, but also fam- familial uh, aspects, you know, different legal aspects, different preferences. Um, first of all, the S corp, uh, interestingly, is uh, is not allowed for foreign people. It's only for U.S. citizens could uh, could uh, could apply an S corp. Mm. Um, so they basically they can either open up a, a C corp, a regular corporation, or like you said, an LLC, which uh, could be treated as a sole proprietorship or as a partnership. Um, or they can uh, they can invest um, using a foreign uh, Entity like you know, like uh, you know, if they're in the UK, you know, uh, a UK uh, company um, directly into the US, and and what that does actually, even though the taxes um, in the short run might be higher um, by investing in an entity, either a C corp or a foreign corporation, um, but the foreign corporation actually takes away the uh, the estate tax um, risk. That's that's one of the things that. Uh, that's that's one of the things that mitigate the risk or, or eliminate the risk essentially because there is no estate tax on foreign corporations. Um, oh, so if that. if that's you know your main goal to not have uh, and not have any uh, issues with uh, with uh, with estate tax, then then one of the ways to go would be a foreign corporation. But most people choose an LLC. Most people invest using an LLC, like you said, a partnership or a sole proprietorship. Um, you know, if they're, if they're, if they're, you know, a single member LLC, if they're just one person, or if, you know, it's a husband and wife, they'll, they'll go in together or with, you know, with their kids or aunts or cousins or whatever it is. Um, and that also, by the way, minimizes the the risk of the, uh, of the estate tax, because essentially um, the more people are, that are investing 
in the same amount. Okay. If it's, if we're talking about the same amount, you know, uh, not, not each person adding more money, but if it's, you know, just one person, uh, let's say investing, you know, just for the sake of the example, a hundred thousand dollars. Okay. Um, so if he invests together with his wife, that same hundred thousand dollars, essentially $50,000 for each of them. So they're under the threshold of the $60,000, um, state tax. Okay. So, you know, as the numbers go higher, they would theoretically need more and more people to be in that partnership in order to, to keep, uh, to keep Keep that, that estate tax uh, (laughs) under control. Um, but obviously when we get into the millions, then it's, you know, then we're talking about, you know, uh, different solutions, uh, like, you know, like trusts and, uh, um, things like that, um, which are more costly, but are, are are more worth it at that time. If we're talking about higher, uh, um, higher uh, value of, uh, of assets. That, yep. That makes sense. Um, so why would someone choose a C corp over an LLC? What, or what is the situation where that would make sense? There are a few reasons why, where that would make sense. Um, the C, uh, the, the C corp, um, allows the investor to be a little more anonymous, um, because, uh, in a partnership in an LLC, everything flows directly to, um, to the to the partners, and it's it's taxed on an individual level, um, which is which is good and bad. Uh, it's usually good from a from an income tax perspective, but uh, in terms of anonymity, it's a little um, it's it's a little less um, um, preferable for some people that just like to stay in the shadows for whatever reason. Um, you know, in the C corp, uh, unless unless they um, unless they own you know above a certain percentage of the C corp, then their name doesn't appear anywhere. Um, so if, you know, you have a group of, uh, of investors and they go, you know, invest in a C corp, I think it's, you know, 15 or 20%, if they have less than that, uh, ownership, then, you know, they, they won't be anywhere. And just people like, you know, like themselves private. Um, that's one thing. Another thing is, um, that, uh, with the C corp and they could, they could, um, they could utilize the, uh, the 1031 exchange. Um, this is this is something a uh, little interesting that uh, that many people don't know. Obviously, the uh, you're familiar with the with the 1031 like like kind exchange. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, actually, that's very popular, very popular with uh, you know with with uh, with you know investors, real estate investors. Um, but with a lot of foreign investors, that's uh, 1031 exchange is, is is a really bad idea um, because in their home country um, depends on the country, obviously, but in their home country, very often. The um, the tax authorities in their country, since they're a tax resident and where, where they live, they also have to report to their to their own country, and uh, and their country um, does not recognize the tax deferral of the 1031. Oh. So they will have to pay. Um, they would have to pay the the real the the capital gains tax in their home country, even though they can't offset it against the capital gains tax in the U S because it was deferred to a different year. And then by the time they end up paying that in the U S then it'll be a different tax year and they won't be able to, to offset that, uh, that, that gain, uh, that tax credit, the foreign tax credit. And, and it's, it's just a total disaster. Um, the paying double tax. So that's something to keep in, keep in mind. And, and, uh, one way to avoid that and to be able to utilize the 1031 is to, to invest through a corporation. Um, because the corporation can uh, can do the 1031 exchange, not not on the individual level, and then it doesn't come to the individual in his home country until he takes out he or she takes out a dividend from the C corp, and uh, so before, and only at that point um, they'll be taxed in their home country. So before they take out any dividends, you know everything's still in the company in the C corp. 
you know, they can do whatever, you know, tax deferral plans, you know, uh, 1031 exchanges, whatever it is. And, you know, only, you know, 10 years later when they, when they want to take out money, um, then they, uh, they take out dividends and they'll, they'll pay uh, whatever tax they have. That's uh, that's interesting. I didn't actually know that. Um, so does, I'm assuming, it, or maybe I'm assuming incorrectly here, but does it work uh, in the, the reverse direction? Like I, I'm considering purchasing property in Spain um, and Central America. Does Is that same thing applicable? If I were to do a 1031 from a property here in the United States, I'm assuming that I would basically have to pay or if I bought a property in, in say, Spain and then I sold it, I'm, I'm assuming I would have to pay double taxes if it wasn't in a C-Corp, correct? Right. The way it works with, uh, with most, most countries, um, especially if there's a tax treaty between the countries, but even if there isn't, usually the way it works in, in, terms, of, um, in terms of real estate, there's the country that has the real estate, okay? And they, 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 get, you know, they get to tax you because the real estate is in their country. And the other country gets to tax you because you're a resident of that country, right? So that's why you have the two different countries. But who has the first right of taxation? Okay, the first right of taxation goes to where, which, whichever country the real estate is physically in. Okay, so if you're talking about real estate in the U.S., and the U.S. will have the first right of taxation. If the real estate is in Spain, then Spain will have the first right of taxation. And then, you know, whatever else, um, then, then you look at the, the other country and you see, okay, calculate the tax in the other country and you can use, you can use the, uh, the, the foreign tax, okay? Let's say, you know, in Spain you're talking about, so you'll, you'll take that, um, that tax that you paid in Spain as a, as a credit against um, the tax that you'd have to pay in the U.S. and that way you won't have double tax. Um, but yeah, if you're going to be playing around doing tax deferral, stuff and you know things like that that are only recognized in one country not in the other then you'll definitely have that issue that makes sense <clears throat> all right well hey we are we are closing in on the 20 minute mark so i gotta push us into the quick question round um and that always starts with books i like to ask people about their favorite books and and i like uh, i want two book recommendations one for the topic that you're talking about so um it could be specifically to tax or it just could be just investing in general and then one on general life wisdom well, this is not going to be a popular answer, but I'm not a big book person. Okay. <laughs> so I don't have any recommendations for specific books. If you want my recommendation, I'll tell you, read the Bible. It has all the answers in there. There you go. The Bible is a good recommendation. It's a, it's widely known and I'm sure you'll be able to find a copy out there somewhere. Um, the next question. Bestseller. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the next, uh, the next question is for your younger self. So if you could go back to the Ken who is just getting kind of, sorry, who is just getting started, um, in, in taxation in, you know, specializing in real estate, um, and give him one piece of advice moving forward, what would that be? Oh, I'll tell you the, I would say work hard and at the same time, trust in God. Okay. You do your part and he will do his. A lot of people have all this, you know, anxiety and that and really, it, it really uh, stifles their, their, their growth. Anxiety is not going to help anybody. You do what you can and God will do his, uh, his part. Yep. Got to have faith that things will work out for the better in the end. Next question is, uh, is an opportunity for you to flex your muscles. Uh, you know, give us, you know, boast a little bit about yourself. So what are you actually kick-ass at? What is your superpower? All right, I think that's what we uh, we what we mainly you know touched on this entire uh, this entire time here. My niche is specifically foreign investors in U.S. real estate. 
All right, that's my specialty. I don't really deal with almost anything else. That's what I focus on. That's what I um, uh, research. Uh, that's what I've been doing the last uh, seven, eight years, and um, and uh, and and I and I love it. I like uh, I like you know helping uh, helping the, the investors um, that that are not familiar with the system and uh, help them navigate the system from A to Z. Um, and um, you know, I, I know the time is running out. So, you know, people can you know can can uh, hop onto my website if they want cast and tax ask, solutions. That'll be the very last question I ask. So I got one more question before that. All uh, right, one's about habits. Uh, habits are the foundation of our life. So if you could point to one habit that you feel has contributed the most to your overall well-being and success, what would that be? I would say uh, that's attention to detail. I know it's uh, maybe like a cliche. You know, accountants you know have to. To have attention to detail, but it really is true. I don't leave any stones unturned. Uh, many people say it's uh, better better for a business to focus on you know only in the big things, but I think that's a mistake. The fact that I take small things seriously, clients really appreciate that, and that leads to success. You never know if you ignore a small client now, you might end up losing a big client later because of it. Absolutely, no. It takes all different types of brains to make something successful. The the attention to detail people are are as integral as the big picture as well. Um, so now we're on to the last question. This one is the one that you're getting into. Um, if somebody wanted to get in contact with you, you know, you've given us a lot of good advice about taxation. So I'm sure there's people out there, uh, they want to reach out. So what's the best way for them to get in contact with you? I think the best way, the easiest way is to look me up on LinkedIn. I'm Kenneth Kastner. It's the simplest thing. Or uh, visit my website, Kastner Tax Solutions. That's one word, KastnerTaxSolutions.com. All right. And that is K-A-S-T-N-E-R tax solutions.com. Um, so Correct. go ahead and reach out to Kenneth there. I will put his uh, URL in the show notes. So if you click that little more in the description, it'll pop down the full description. You'll be able to find Kenneth's um, link there. Click through, say hi, and uh, ask him a few questions about taxation. So Kenneth, thank you again very much for hopping on the show today. I know it's late over there in Israel, but I appreciate you hop, uh, hopping on here and, and having a chat. And thank you so much, Gabe, for having me. It's really been a pleasure. Absolutely. For everybody who's here with us today, thank you guys for hopping on here. Of course, you are the reason that we do this. So we appreciate having you here. Again, the best way to support the show is just to subscribe, like, and share this episode with your friends and family. Other than that, hope you have an absolutely kick-ass day. Keep kicking ass in real estate. And I look forward to having you on the next episode. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode and were able to pull some actionable advice that you can go home with and apply to your own investing business. Before you go, I have a gift for you. If you're a new investor looking to get started or an established investor looking to take your business to the next level, I've created an ebook just for you available on the website. This ebook will cover how I was able to create both active and passive income in real estate with very little money to start with. In it, I will address the three most often cited obstacles new and veteran investors run into by showing you how to find a deal that's actually a deal, how to finance that deal with little to no money down, and how to exit a deal for maximum value. And if you get the ebook today, I'm going to bury you in bonuses, seven of them to be exact. 
First, you'll get the off-market lead generation blueprint, which will take you through the exact systems processes we use to generate off-market leads like clockwork, which is the most important skill when it comes to creating real wealth in real estate. Then you'll get the A to Z REI systems and vendors guide, which will allow you to peek under the hood of our business and see the exact tools and systems and even the vendors we use to grow our business. After that, you will get the top 100 best performing keywords pack, which will give you the exact keywords we use to target leads online and generate leads without having to lift a finger. Next, you'll get the contracts bundle for wholesaling and renting real estate, which will give you access to all of the contracts we use in the field to execute all types of transactions. After that, you'll get the investor's quick analysis calculator and offer tool, which will allow you to quickly calculate whether a deal is an actual deal and will allow you to create an offer automatically from those calculations. Next up, we'll give you the Investor's Daily Success Tracker, which is a tracker you can use to ensure you are taking the right actions day in and day out to reach your financial goals in real estate. And finally, you will get the Wholesaler's Template for Quick Assignment Cash, which will give you the templates we use to present our wholesale deals professionally and efficiently to our buyers. I know that is a ton of things to say. I'm glad you were able to stick with it. Uh, so you'll get both the ebook and all of those seven free bonuses when you download the ebook today. All we charge is the admin cost to run the show. So if you are interested in the ebook and the bonus bundle, head on over to the website at therealestateinvestingclub.com. Click on get the ebook bundle at the top of the page and take advantage of that deal. With that housekeeping item covered, I hope you have an absolutely fantastic day and even better week. Keep rocking real estate, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. All right, before I officially sign off, I have a quick announcement to make. If you're interested in becoming a passive investor in one of my deals, my own company, Kaizen Properties, is looking for capital partners for our upcoming projects. We invest in what are known as recession-resistant assets, mainly self-storage facilities, mobile home and RV parks, and industrial properties. If you're interested in investing and would like to learn a little bit more about my company, our investing criteria, and some of the previous projects we've done, Go to the Real Estate Investing Club podcast at therealestateinvestingclub.com and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page. Click on the Invest With Us button. That'll pop up the investor form. Fill that out and we will reach back out to you as soon as we can. Or if you prefer a little bit more of a personal touch, you can reach out to me at gabe at therealestateinvestingclub.com. So really, that is it. Again, it was a pleasure hanging out with you guys during this episode, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.